Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the presenters of Dragon Bites and a trainee here in Wales. Today we have the next episode in a series of cardiology lectures by Professor Orhan Uzun, Fetal Cardiology Consultant at the University Hospital of Wales. For the next few episodes, we're going to be focusing on transposition of the Grace arteries. In this one, I had a lot of questions about the surgical management of transposition. So join Professor Uzun and I as he tries to walk me through exactly how the different surgical interventions work. So let's get started. Surgical treatment of transposition evolved over the years, um, Asim. We did not have good and uh, very um, successful surgical procedure for these babies to be offered to. Initial um, surgical um, intervention uh, was, was to do pulmonary artery banding and uh, arterial shunt procedure, BT shunt. Then some surgeons um, did, did uh, various operations to do atrial switch operation, atrial switch operation. So they switched the atria, like I described before, it's called Sennings operation. This is a Swedish surgeon, uh, Ikes Sennings. He proposed an operation called Sennings. You use patient's own atrial tissue to redirect pulmonary veins into the right ventricle and redirect IVC, SVC flow to the left ventricle. Another surgeon from Toronto, Dr. Mustard, did mustard operation. A mustard operation, similar to Senning's operation, where you use pericardial or artificial patch to do same redirection operation. So Senning's and mustard operations are pretty similar. You simply redirecting pulmonary venous flow to the right ventricle and inferior and superior vena cava flow to the left ventricle. One is using artificial material, which is mustard, but in sendings, you are using patient's own pericardium, uh, uh, patient's own atrial tissue. The, the best operation was performed by a Brazilian surgeon of Lebanese origin, Dr. Jaten, Jaten did what we were supposed to do instead of doing those complicated sendings and mustard operations. He said, why don't we change the pipes instead of changing the rooms? If you think about a house, wrong room connected to another wrong room, instead of breaking the walls and trying to reconnect them to make the room warmer and better why don't we just change the pipes it is incredible that no one had told 
um, any surgeons when during their training or no one, none of the big surgeons thought about it until Jaten did it. But Jaten wasn't a well-known surgeon because for various other reasons, his operation weren't actually accepted by many individuals, which surprised me to this date. Then after 1990s, people realized sending some mustard babies after the operation were having a lot of problems post-operatively, particularly with cardiac failure and arrhythmias, and they were debilitating. And the survival of these babies were limited. And they decided to do a arterial switch operation. It took on from 1990 onwards with excellent results. Initial mortality was high between 10 and 25%, but with learning curve, it's gone down to less than 1%. In most centers, now the mortality with arterial switch operation is 0%. Certainly, in most UK centers, it is like that. And in Wales, we have not lost any baby since 2009. It is impressive. So what you do, you transect, cut off the aorta above the coronary arteries. You do the same for the pulmonary artery. You transect the pulmonary artery above its annulus, tubul uh, tubular junction. And you literally swap them around and restitch pulmonary artery onto the right ventricle where the aortic valve is left. And you do the same for the aorta, pull the aorta towards the left ventricle and reconnect aorta to the left ventricle where the pulmonary valve was. But now we've forgotten to move the coronary arteries from the right ventricle where the aortic valve is. So surgeon also takes, does excision at the origin of coronary arteries and takes a, a button, button-like excision from the coronary arteries and moves them across to the new neo aorta and stitches them onto the new aortic valve. And the not only arterial switch, but also we do translocation of the coronary arteries. And we remobilize, we mobilize the coronary arteries and re-implanted them into the neo-aortic trunk. And if there is additional lesions like VSD, it's repaired and pulmonary stenosis is dealt accordingly. But if the pulmonary stenosis is significant, then you cannot do arterial switch operation. So prerequisite for arterial switch operation, not to have significant pulmonary or aortic stenosis. And the long-term results with arterial switch operation is excellent. But about a quarter of patients in the long run, they might have problems with aortic root dilatation or aortic regurgitation. And one in 10 may need further surgery some stage in some stage in their lives and in small percentage of patients may have coronary artery problems later in life but with the learning curve such problems becoming less and less common particularly coronary artery problems we have not seen any significant lesions in our cohort 
but in earlier series had some problems with ischemia and coronary artery occlusion. If there is pulmonary stenosis, which does not allow us to do arterial sewage operation or corrective surgery, then we need to resort to special procedures such as Rastelli procedure. Rastelli procedure carries the name of the surgeon did it first time. So if there is a large VSD and pulmonary stenosis, we don't want that pulmonary stenosis become aortic stenosis when we do translocation. What do we do? We do take the um, VSD as a route for us to baffle aorta to the left ventricle. So from the aorta, we put a patch, we, put, we create a tunnel, so we redirect the aorta or reconnect the aorta inside the heart through the VSD to the left ventricle. So we call that buffle. So VSD is closed using a buffle. So hence the oxygenated blood pumped from the left ventricle is directed into the aorta. So for this operation, prerequisite is to have a large VSD because that VSD is going to be left ventricular outflow. Has to be big. Then what we do for the right ventricle and the pulmonary artery, we cut off the pulmonary artery above its valve and then we open a hole on the right ventricle where right ventricular outflow tract must be and we put a tube conduit, a valve or valveless conduit from a donated or from a donor and connect it to the native pulmonary arteries. So right ventricle will have an artificial structure connecting the right ventricle to the native pulmonary artery. Surely these patients require replacement of that conduit in the forthcoming years, usually within the first five to six years of the operation in the child and also in teenage years. So at least three operations will be needed by the time they reach adult age. As I mentioned, there are also historical operations, mustard and sendings procedure, but we abandoned them. We have not done any mustard or sendings operation in Wales since 1992. And the last operation has been proposed, is called Nakaido operation, Nakaido operation. And what uh, this operation involves, more complicated procedure where pulmonary stenosis is dealt like we would be dealing in patients with switch procedure but this time we are taking off the pulmonary artery completely from the LV dissecting not just the pulmonary artery itself above the valve but we are taking off the valve as well and the aorta similarly cut off from the right ventricle with its valve and use that aorta with the valve and re-implant it onto the left ventricle. For the pulmonary artery position, use a conduit onto the right ventricle where we dissected off aorta completely with its valve from the right ventricle. Well, I am going to perhaps uh, 
stop here and uh, ask you whether you want to add anything or ask any further questions so we can go through a few bits and bobs. Yeah, sure. So it's, it's all related to the uh, while we were talking through the surgery, surgical options earlier. Um, so I suppose uh, uh, one question would be, if you, if you do the switch operation, that corrects the sort of anatomical position at which both vessels are exiting the heart. But can they do anything about the fact that the aorta, because presumably the aorta then still stays anterior? Well, I deliberately did not mention about the um, that issue. Uh, you are very, very uh, careful and uh, and curious individual and paid really amazing attention to detail. There is something that we do. Perhaps you can insert this into the management. When we do arterial switch operation, we swap the position of aorta and the pulmonary artery from left to right and from right to left, vice versa. But we do not um, perhaps tackle their anterior posterior orientation. That's, that's something you may you may think about and it may come to your mind as a question. But there is a very uh, smart maneuver that is discovered by a surgeon, French surgeon, Le Comte. Le Comte maneuver is the major maneuver we do to enhance the success of transposition by pulling the pulmonary artery in front of the aorta. By doing that, we stretched, we stretched the pulmonary trunk so that we can reach the anterior pulmonary artery where the aorta was located. So it's called Le Comte maneuver. So we do a special maneuver to put pulmonary artery not only onto the right ventricle, but also in its anterior position. At, oh, wow. at the expense of stretching the main pulmonary artery and resulting in some narrowing in the branch pulmonary arteries and supravalva region. The supravalva pulmonary stenosis occur, occurs in these babies as a result of this Lecomte manoeuvre, in addition to stitch lines. But Lecomte manoeuvre is mainly responsible for it. But if you don't do Lecomte manoeuvre, then these patients run to the risk of developing more severe pulmonary stenosis and aortic obstruction. So it is important to do this Lecomte manoeuvre to avoid two vessels pressing onto each other and resulting in flow disturbance and narrowing. Uh, second question. Uh, so this is uh, this is probably this is a, a much more basic question, but how do they keep the circulate? You know, what if you've detached the aorta and you detach the pulmonary artery, they must have some system in place to keep the circulation running. So do they use some sort of external um, circulatory device while they're doing the, the intricacies of stitching the great vessels back in place? Yes, sure. We, we do, of course, um, do um, this operation. We do perform this operation um, with cardiopulmonary bypass. And uh, bloodless uh, heart is essential here. We do cold cardioplegia, remember, or warm cardioplegia. You can choose either either. And then we do also 
bypass procedure. So it has to be done under cardiopulmonary bypass. So hence, you're still not compromising brain circulation and peripheral circulation. So you cannulate superior and inferior vena cava to prevent blood coming into the heart. So you're directing venous return to the bypass machine. And you're also cannulating um, patients' ascending aorta so that you can pump blood back into the aorta and you cross clamp it, the proximal portion, and infuse the distal portion of the aorta, head and neck vessels, and the descending aorta. So you prevent any undercirculation to these vessels. And, that exp and so that explains maintaining the blood flow to the body. How about to the heart itself then? Because the coronary vessels are still detached from the system, aren't they? So I mentioned to you cardioplegia, remember? Of course, yes. Cardioplasia reduces metabolic needs of the heart. So there is time for that. So there is time range so that you can accommodate called a warm cardioplasia. Cardioplasia is used. And we also use stopping heart with cardioplasia uh, in diastole. Then you need to wake the myocardium by doing DC cardioversion. So heart is not pumping, remember? When we do these operations, heart is stopped. Cardioplasia allows the electrolyte balance of the heart, and uh, infusion of the uh, myocardium is is confined to a limited period of time. Uh, and after a certain period of cardioplasia, you restart the circulation. So cardioplasia reduces amount of oxygen, amount of nutrient is needed for the myocardium. That's that's really helpful. I know these are really basic questions about how you how you actually perform the the sort of pragmatics of getting the operation done, but I've never really got my head around how they do it before. So that's really helpful. But this is not basic. This is actually a very good question um, because many people wouldn't wouldn't know that unless you have been in the in, in the theater in cardiac theater and observed one of these operations and how it is done because uh, myocardial protection is very important. And that's why we were having problems and early mortality in switch operation because of lack of knowledge about how to protect myocardium with appropriate cardioplasia, warm or cold cardioplasia, and so on, and the bypass. Bypass techniques improved, and we have now less uh, interleukin and inflammatory markers, um, agents released into the myocardial circulation, which prevent post-operative complications and quick recovery. That's brilliant. Thank you, Professor. I, those were my two major questions. I've forgotten all my other smaller ones. Um, so thank you very much for taking your time to discuss all of this with us today, Professor Rusin. It's been incredibly helpful. I think I understand transposition so much better than I did uh, earlier. Well, I'm glad. It's it's funny that I'm also enjoying this. It is really, it's really good to share your knowledge and expertise with the newcomers. It is a um, great privilege for me to be asked to provide such learning material for our new generations. Thanks for giving this opportunity to me. And I hope that this is not uh, classical someone talking and boring you but keeping your attention going 
and um, giving you valuable information uh, in terms of in terms of transposition and how to use it in your day-to-day -day clinical practice. Thank you very much again and I hope everybody will enjoy it and I would be interested in the feedback of course. Of course. Thank you again Professor Uzu. And thank you to Professor Orhan Uzun for that episode and join us again next week for the final episode about transposition looking at congenitally corrected transposition of the great arteries. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites. Thank you.